You're listening to a message from the church at Rutledge. For more information about TCAR, please visit thechurchatrutledge.org. y'all doing this morning good to see you just remember everybody is somebody to love all right we will we will see who that is in just a few minutes um thank you for being here today um marty's out today as you can notice he uh he may be doing the backstroke somewhere i don't know um there's some water involved had a weekend getaway with the kids so that's that's really cool um, so he asked me to fill in. So here I am. Here we are. I want to start out today by um, telling you the answers to the questions. All right. Today's sermon is going to have four questions in it. We're in book. Uh, we're in the tenth chapter of the book of Mark, and I'm going to give you the answer to three of the questions. Okay. Have you ever had a test where the teacher gave you the answers before the test let, and let you study because they knew that you couldn't pass it unless they did? <laughs> um, I really appreciated those teachers. I had, uh, I had a, a, a ninth grade uh, history teacher. He would give us the test uh, on Thursday and we would go over it. And then he would give us the same test Friday, but it would be blank. And so we would just we would be able to study and actually what was on it. And believe it or not, we did learn some stuff. So anyway, I'm going to give you the answers to the first three questions. And um, you don't have to write this down. You can probably remember it. It's pretty simple. And it's all one-word answers. Y'all like those? The first three questions are one-word answers. Now listen, the fourth question, though, is essay. <laughs> but, but I'm going to give you the book and let you have an open book test and take it home. How's that? All right. So anyway, the, the answer to the first question is nothing. Nothing. Okay? Or nothing, if you want to say it that way. Nothing. The answer to the second question is anybody. Anybody. Okay? And the answer to the third question is everything. Everything. And we'll get to the fourth question kind of toward the end. So anyway, we are going to be looking at a rich man and a poor man today. Rich man, poor man. We'll look at the rich man first. Mark chapter 10, starting with verse 17. Mark chapter 10, starting with verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And some, some versions will say, what, what must I do or what should I do or what do I have to do? To, to go to heaven, okay? 
So eternal life in heaven, we, we associate those as, as the same thing. So the question is, it's a really good question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? So here's what Jesus told him. First of all, he said, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. So we know that. We know some people that do some good things. But when we really think about it, we know that we are not good. I am not good. The only way that I can even stand here is because He is good. And I just thank Him for that. Mm. Don't need to get all emotional at the beginning, do I? <laughs> the best, I heard, I, had, I heard a wise old deacon say, the best sermon is a short sermon. <laughs> we'll see how that goes too. But anyway, Jesus said that no one is, was good except God. And then He said, you know the commandments. So Jesus was talking to uh, a fellow Jew. He, you know, anyone else at that time would have not known the Old Testament, the, the Ten Commandments, out of uh, Exodus chapter 20. But he said, you know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And so the, the young man says, or the man says, Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. So Jesus didn't, didn't dispute what the, the man was saying. Jesus didn't say, well, you know, nobody can keep the commandments. You're just lying. You, you're breaking one of them right there, right? He didn't, he didn't say anything bad about him, but Jesus went in to, to explain it to him. And he, and he responded. Jesus looked at him. And he loved him. You see, we we need somebody to love, and we need somebody to love us, and that is Jesus. And Jesus looked at this man, and he loved him. And that I believe that's one of the only places in the Bible that you will find where it just says that Jesus loved him, or that Jesus loved somebody. I think that's really cool. But anyway, Jesus didn't argue with him. He just said this: "One thing you lack." Go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will and you will have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. So Jesus told the young man, he said, you know, the commandments, you know what you need to do, you know, what you ought to be doing. And the young man said, well, you know, I, I've not I've not committed murder. I've, I've not committed adultery. I've not um, stolen anything. I've not cheated people. I've not told a bunch of lies on my neighbors. You know, some of y'all may have neighbors like that that just like to lie, especially on your dog. But anyway, we won't go there. Mm. He didn't argue with him at all. And uh, he, the, the young man had obviously lived a pretty good life. I don't know how he got rich, but he was rich. But he was to go and sell everything that he had. Now, for some of us, that wouldn't take very long unless you have a bunch of junk like I do. But uh, And then you can't give that away. But anyway, this, this guy, he, he had a lot of stuff to, to sell. And so the Bible says that at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. He had, he had so much that he just couldn't let go of it. He loved the stuff more than he loved Jesus. He loved the stuff more than he wanted eternal life. Now, isn't that 
isn't that just crazy? I mean, how could how could you how could you do that? How could someone do that? Love stuff, but we see it all the time, don't we? We see it all the time. People just feel like they have to get more and more and a little bit more and just hold on to it. Don't people know that they're going to die? That that 55 Chevy is going to rust. I mean, you just can't hold on to stuff. Now, this guy was rich, but this also applies to people that are not rich. I know some people that, that don't have a whole lot. But they hold on to that what little they have. And, and they just put it before God. So you don't have to be rich to be in this young man's place. Um, you just have to have the wrong attitude towards stuff. So Jesus told him to look, you just follow me. Sell everything you have and follow me. And so basically what this young man could do about his situation was pretty well nothing, right? He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, just follow me. Get that stuff out of the way and just follow me. So this, the, the answer to the question, this first question, is nothing. There's nothing we can do to earn eternal life. It was a gift. It was a gift. Just like these shoeboxes. It's a gift. The children that these are going to, they didn't work for it. They didn't order, order it on Amazon. Most of them probably has never even heard of Amazon. So it's, it's a free gift. And so there's absolutely nothing that we can do to, to earn eternal life. So this rich man went away sad. I mean, he just went away miserable. And Jesus looked around and he, he saw his disciples around him. So he started talking to his disciples and he said, how hard it is for, for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. It's just, it's very difficult. The disciples were amazed at, at these words, at the words that Jesus said. But Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Everybody enters the kingdom of God the same way through faith in Jesus Christ. So it don't matter how much you have. And the disciples were just wondering, you know, this, this is a pretty tough saying. This is amazing. Jesus is saying that it's really, really hard for a person to get into the kingdom of God. And so um, Jesus explains a little bit. I mean, the disciples start worrying some more. Here's the second question. The disciples were even more amazed when Jesus was talking about the camel and the needle. And they said to each other, who then can be saved? If, if it's so hard to be saved and the rich people can't be saved, and, and uh, it's harder for somebody to, to enter the kingdom of God than, than, than the camel going through a, the eye of a needle. How can somebody be saved? How, how can people get eternal life? How can they have that in their, in their soul? And they were just all amazed. You know, there's, there's questions. I'm not going to go into other questions, but there's questions that people just ask all the time. And some of them are just pretty dumb. They just, we, we wonder as people about things that we just shouldn't wonder about sometimes. But there's a, there's a rumor about a gate uh, on the side of the wall that a camel could actually squeeze through if it got down on its knees. And some say that may be what he was referencing. We don't know. But any, any way you look at it, a needle has a very small eye, right? 
How many of y'all can still see the eye of a needle? <laughs> it's tough. It has to be a pretty good sized needle uh, um, or get you a, I've got some magnifying glasses here somewhere. I don't need them right now, but I, I don't need the reading glasses because I've, I've got the scriptures blowed up on paper. All right. And uh, the older I get, the more pages it takes to get the same amount of scriptures on there. But can you imagine uh, something as big as a camel trying to get through the eye of a needle? That's, we'd say that's impossible, wouldn't we? I'm just no way. And another old proverb back then that was kind of going around was that instead of a camel, they had used the word elephant there. So, you know, an elephant, that's just as, just as impossible, isn't it? So Jesus uh, started, he, he knew that they were amazed and confused, so Jesus started talking to them. And this is what he said. Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. So who can be saved? Who knows? Anybody. Anybody was the key word, but everybody will work too. Everybody needs somebody. Right? We need Jesus. But anybody can be saved. If a camel can go through an eye of a needle, I mean, Jesus could do that, then people, anybody can be saved. So the point here is, if you know somebody that you pretty well think in your mind that they can't be saved, they can. I want you to know that it is possible. With God, that person can be saved. That person that you know that's lived like a heathen all their lives, they can be saved. There is hope for each and every person. Don't give up on that person. Uh, I'm thinking about a person that I know from my past that that drank. And he he wasn't a drunk, but he, he drank. And that would keep him from going to church and that would keep him he thought that he had to be perfect before he could get right with God or go or be saved or go to church. I mean he just you know, and a lot of people are like that. But in my mind, I thought that that guy would never get right with God. I thought that he would never uh, come to Christ, be saved. And so it surprised me, and I was so pleasantly surprised when that fella was saved and you no longer saw beer around, but you saw Pepsi. <laughs> I don't know if that's much better, but anyway, it's got a lot of sugar and caffeine. But we look at things that are just impossible, and we just think, man, there's there's no hope. But God never gives up on people. He always wants to see people come to Him. It's, it's His will that none should perish. So we need to keep that in our minds. If, if you have a friend or a, a, someone in your family that you just think, man, they will never, they will never come to Christ. They can. They can. So just keep on praying for them. Um, keep on aggravating them. Just whatever it takes. Uh, send somebody else to talk to them. Uh, we used to have revivals back when I lived in Kentucky 20 years ago. And there were some people that every time we would have a revival, there were certain people that they would ask the evangelist to go talk to. They'd seek the evangelist on them, you know, get that one saved. And there was this one old guy, he never, he never did get saved with the evangelist, evangelist going and talking to him. He never get, did get saved with the pastor going and talking to him or the deacons going and talking to him or 
his buddies. Uh, he didn't have a lot of friends, just people that went to church. His wife went to church, and they knew she wanted him saved. So every, everybody tried to go talk to him, and, and it was pretty well an impossible situation. He wasn't, at this time when I knew him, he wasn't a bad person. He just didn't see the need for God. So it seemed impossible. But his wife kept praying for him. And she kept requesting prayer for him at church. And that man, it was only a little while before he died. I mean, he was pretty sick. But he was saved. And he was one of the people that, if you ask me, I'd say, no, he will He will never get right with God. He's just, he don't. He thinks he don't need God. And so, and he was a Collins, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's hope for Collinses too. <laughs> so anyway. What, who then can be saved? And the answer is anybody. Okay. Well, let's look at the, the next question. Uh, then Peter spoke up, and you all know you've heard about Peter. He Simon Peter likes to just talk. He, I don't know what to say about him other than that. He was a fisherman, so he could probably tell a good story. So anyway, Peter spoke up, and he said, "We have left everything to follow to follow you." And the the implication there is. What's in it for me? Um, Peter and his brother Andrew had were fishermen, and Jesus called them and said, "Hey, you guys, come come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men." And so they did. And so I would say this was an an exciting journey. I mean, those guys they 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 walked everywhere they went, so they bound to have been in pretty good health, right? They were walking, and um, they were seeing people saved. They were seeing people. They were seeing miracles all around them. Um, you know, 5,000 people being fed with just enough food for a one person's meal, a, a lunch. And they had, they had seen miracle after miracle. And they were on this great journey. But they had given up some stuff. They had left their, their job. They had left probably family. And so they said, you know, we've, we've, left, we've left everything and followed you. And Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking. And they were probably thinking the same thing as we are. What's in it for me? Isn't that how most people think? No matter what happens in, in society, whatever comes up, I, people are always saying, well, what's in it for me? You know, what, what am I going to get out of this deal? So Jesus knew their heart and he knew what was on their mind, especially Peter here. And so this is what Jesus says to Peter. Truly, Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields and fields, along with persecutions. Now, we don't like that word there, but it, it's there, and so we have to we have to take it, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. So, Jesus is answering the question that Simon is asking Simon Peter, you know, what's in it for me? And Jesus explains to him, look, you may have left your home and your brothers and sisters, your family, all these things, but these things will come back to you. In other words. Peter, you're going to have everything you need. I mean, you you might not be 
you might not be living on uh, backwoods barbecue and smuckers donuts, right? But you're going to get enough. You're going to get what you need. And so Peter, God, or Jesus here was very patient with Peter. He's going to give him what he needs. And, and Jesus explains to him about the persecution. You see, when you follow Jesus, sometimes things happen. Somebody's not going to like you. Somebody's going to wonder why you are so... You've heard Marty explain this over and over. Why you are so weird. A lot of times you were weird before you became a Christian. So, you know, it just kind of, you kind of went along with it. But people are going to look at you kind of weird or wonder what happened to you. Or why in the world, why in the world would you give 10% to the church? Why in the world would you even give an offering past that? Why, why do you go up there and, and sweep the floors? I mean, just people don't understand. And so what's in it for me? And Peter, being a person, a human in flesh, he wondered the same thing. You know, we, we gave up everything and followed you. But listen, it's worth everything that we have to go through. It, it just, Jesus here promises us help in this life, what we need in this life, and he lets us know we're going to have some persecutions. We're going to have to go through some stuff. But we're also going to have eternal life. And that is just so cool. How long is eternal? Forever and ever and ever. That wasn't one of the questions, by the way. I just threw that in there. But uh, it's forever and ever and ever. Eternal life. So everything that Peter was going to give up and the other disciples and everything that we may give up, it's going to come back. Here or there, or maybe both. You all know the Old Testament story about Job. Job lost everything, went through everything, sick, houses, cattle. I mean, everything that he had, he lost. But at the end of the story, the Bible tells us that he got back even more than what he had before. So that's that's really cool. So the last verse there in that little part says but many who are first will be last and the last first the um the rich guy that was in the very beginning of, of the sermon he was probably used to being first in everything um and he just couldn't figure out why he had to sell everything for eternal life and it wasn't like a trade-off but he just didn't understand and so this this r ruler the the one that was used to being first in everything was going to be last. So the last question I want us to get to is in the next few verses in verse 17. Nope, I skipped the page. Sorry about that. I don't know how that happened. Maybe they need to be blowed up a little bit bigger. <laughs> I have to talk to my to my guy about that. But anyway, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 48. Here's what this one says. Then they came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. So here, here's Bartimaeus. Um, he was probably one of my cousins from Kentucky. But anyway, here he is sitting beside the road, and Jesus and the disciples and the great crowd were walking by. And when Jesus, this man was there begging, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So Bartimaeus was in a, a pretty good fix. He was, he was in a little bit of trouble. They didn't have the help in that, at that time that we have today, um, you know, social programs and stuff like that. So if you were blind or if you, had a, a, if you were crippled or whatever, you were just in trouble. And so you would, you would I don't know what they had. I, in my mind, I see a little tin cup, like on the, the old movies, you know, tin cup, and they would add, they'd be begging beside the road or on the street. Um, I think Eddie Murphy had one. Yeah, I remember. Um, but they were begging, and, and I see Bartimaeus here beside the road, and he's, he didn't have any other choice other than to beg. And so he heard, he heard though, that there was this guy named Jesus coming by. And so when he heard that Jesus was coming by, he started shouting and just asking that Jesus would have mercy on him. Have mercy on me. See, Bartimaeus didn't ask for uh, for anything in specific. He just knew that Jesus had worked these miracles and Jesus was a great, great person and lover of people and he knew that Jesus could help him. So he started screaming and hollering, uh, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And then, And then, you know, these people that are around him are just like people today. They started trying to shish him. Okay? They rebuked him and, and then told him to be quiet. Bartimaeus, just get over there and sit down. Get back to your station. Somebody might be wanting to drop some money in there for you. Don't, don't, don't bother Jesus. I don't know what all they might have said to him. But they were just giving, giving, giving him a very difficult time. And they told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So he just kept shouting until he got Jesus' attention. And you know if there's a large crowd, you had Jesus and the, the disciples, 12 disciples, and then you had a large crowd and they were walking along. They were leaving the city of Jericho. So you can kind of imagine all the noise, right? I mean, you probably couldn't hear hardly anything. And so... Bartimaeus just kept screaming and trying to get Jesus' attention. And then so, out of all that noise, I don't know how loud Bartimaeus was, was hollering, screaming, shouting. I don't know how loud he was shouting, but it must have been difficult for Jesus to hear him through all the crowd noise. Okay? But Jesus did. Jesus stopped and he said, Call him on over here. Tell Bartimaeus to come over here. I, I hear him. I hear him. I hear his plea. I hear him shouting. So bring him over here. And so they called to the blind man. And they say, cheer up. Get up on your feet. He's calling you. So sometimes we feel that we are in a desperate situation. So like Bartimaeus. I mean, he's sitting there begging. But I want you to know that we, Jesus knows what we need before we even ask. I mean, he knows every part about us. And He still loves us. But He wants to help us, whatever our need may be. And so He hears when we shout or when we plead or when we holler. 
or he hears even when we whisper. He knows what we need and he wants to help. And so he, he says, he says to Bartimaeus and he says to, to us, cheer up. And so Bartimaeus, hey, I don't know if he was freezing or what, but he threw off his coat. I started to bring an old coat today. I, I, one of my favorite coats is just ragged. I've about worn it out. But I always go back to it in the wintertime. And it's really not even a coat. It's one of those flannels that stick, you know, and got cotton inside of it, extra cotton. It's one of my favorites anyway. Y'all may see me wearing it around sometimes. But I started to bring that and show you an example of it, but just use your mind and your imagination. He threw off his coat or his cloak and threw it aside and he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. Uh, Jesus is calling, so I'm going to go to him. There's, there's a whole sermon right there. Okay? Jesus is calling, so I'm going to go to him. So anyway, though, Bartimaeus, he jumped up and he, and he got, uh, jumped up to his feet and he ran to Jesus. And then here's the fourth question. The fourth question. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And Jesus is asking us the same question. Let, let me read the rest of the scripture and then I'll get into that a little bit more. So he said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi or teacher, I want to see. How many of you all have ever been completely blind just for a little while. Any of you? Okay. Um, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be able to see 2020. But uh, I've never been able to see well, but I'm very thankful for what I do see. But I just I can't imagine what it would be like to just be totally blind and have to depend on other, pe other people for everything. I mean pretty well everything. Um, you can just imagine how it would have been a couple thousand years ago for people that were crippled and blind. Just It'd been awful. And so the one thing that this blind man needed and wanted was, I want to see. Now, Jesus told him, he said, go, your faith has healed you. Immediately the, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So Jesus did not rebuke this guy for being selfish. I mean, he wasn't being selfish. Jesus said, what do you need? He said, I want to see. And so Jesus said, hey, your faith has made you whole. And he, he could see. And he, of course, he jumped up and he probably did some more shouting, <laughs> only in a different way now. A while ago he was shouting because he needed help and now he's shouting because he can see. Can you, can you just imagine what it would be like to not see and then be able to see? I just, I can't, I can't imagine that. But this guy could see. And so, Jesus is asking us, us the same question. And this is, this answer is different for all of us. Jesus wants to know, what do you need? What, what Jesus is saying to us this morning, what can I do for you? And most of us probably have one thing, one thing, just like Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus said, I want to see. And so when Jesus says, what do you need? What do you want me to do for you? Then there's one thing that comes to your mind. 
And I, I want you to know that Jesus cares about that one thing, whatever it is. And I, I don't know if he will just instantly and immediately do for you what he did for Bartimaeus. It may be a process. It may be, it may be some stuff we have to go through. But I want you to know that Jesus is the one that can help you with that one thing, whatever it is, whatever it is. And so Bartimaeus was able to see, and he jumped up and ran and followed Jesus along the road. And I want you to see the difference between the first guy and the second guy. The, the young ruler, the rich guy, he wanted, he wanted something from Jesus, but he wasn't willing to do what he needed to do to get it. He was, he was asking things. I mean, yeah, I would love to have eternal life. But man, I, I just, I don't want to live like a beggar the rest of my life. And that's, that's what he thought. But Mart Bartimaeus here, he don't have anything. And he's a beggar. And he comes to Jesus and Jesus helps him to be able to see. So the rich man is poor. And the poor man becomes rich. And that's how it is for the, for the Christian. We are wretched and miserable, uh, undone, a little bit crazy maybe. But then Jesus comes in and He changes all that. And He makes us worthy. We're not worthy, but He makes us worthy. And He wants to help each one of us with that one thing. That one thing that you're thinking about. That one thing that you would like for Jesus to do for you. And it's not something selfish. He placed that need or that want or that thought in your mind. Not so that you can be selfish. But so that he can help you with whatever that is. So what do we have to do for eternal life? Nothing. Who can be saved? Anybody. What is in it for me? Everything, everything for the believer, we are heirs, H-E-I-R-S, heirs with Christ, joint heirs with Christ. So everything that he has, is, we're going to share in that someday. So everything is what we're going to receive. That's what's in it for us. And then what do you want Jesus to do for you this morning? Now, these there's some of these cards in front of you and those seats if you have something that you would like to share with me or with marty or with just anybody either a prayer request something you're you're worried about or something that you would just like to share that you would like jesus to do for you you're welcome to write that down on this card when the offering plate comes around the offering baskets you can put that in there and um i will do whatever you want done with the card if you would just want me to pray with you about it i'll do that if you want someone to come and visit you we can do that if you just want to call somebody or you want somebody to call you we will do that just whatever whatever you want to put on that card um, we welcome to welcome you to do that just drop it in the basket so i want to i just i just want you to know that jesus cares about whatever that one thing is and he wants to help you with that. Okay? I'm going to pray and then Liz will come and lead us in a song. God, we thank you so much.
for your great love for us. And we thank you that you care about each and every part of our lives. Not just the little things, but that one big thing. You, you want to help us with that. And God, I pray especially for that person that is here this morning struggling with one big thing. Help them to realize that you want to help them with that, whatever it may be. Thank you for Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. Thank you for loving us. Help us to love one another. and Just lead us and guide us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.